and welcome back to another episode of Turf Talk. I'm James Watson and this week we're reversing the roles and we're going to do what we did last week with our top five favourite races and top five horses. And this week it's the turn of Lewis. Hello, Lewis. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm sound, mate, yeah. Steady away. It's, it's a bank holiday Friday, which doesn't normally happen. Uh, sun's out. Gun's out. Is, this, is the sun out for you? It's, it's looking a bit cloudy for me at the minute. We've got a barbecue planned later on in the day. I hope that, it perks up a bit. That's the difference between Yorkshire and Lancashire, Jim. Sunny always here. Your yeah, but the part of the world is grim. However, the people in Lancashire are a lot more smiley and happier than the people in Yorkshire. Uh, have you have you done anything exciting? Have you anything to tell the listeners? Uh, yeah, I've been doing some stuff for Chester Racers this week. Uh, there's a video over on Chester's Twitter account. I've put together a little 25 question quiz. Uh, memories of the May Festival, horses who've turned up there. You know your Shergars, your Enables, all the greats that have run at the Chester May meeting over the years. Test your knowledge and you can win some absolutely banging prizes from Chester. Uh, class to be involved with them for that. Uh, and yeah, go give that a look. Also, the COVID campaign uh, that we mentioned uh, on here last week for racing. They're doing a charity quiz as well on Sunday night. If you want even more racing quizzes, I feel like there's been one every day this week, Jim, but I can't get enough of them. <laughs> I know. I have a very, very busy schedule now with quizzes. I, I have to map them out at the beginning of the week so that I know what everyone's doing. I, I've got another one tonight. I have one on a Monday. I have one on a Tuesday. I've got one on, one on a Friday so tonight and then one on a Sunday. So I hardly, I hardly watch any. T- I'm gonna be, I am going to be Mark Labette by the end of this. <laughs> right, so that's enough about isolation chat. Let's start with your top five races. Lewis, which order are you going to go? Are you going to go from five to one or start with the best? I'll go five to one, mate, I think. So your number five is? And I swear down, mate. I've not done this just to wind you up, but I am going to say the 2020 RSA chase. Really? (laughs) Just a dejection in that voice. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about it again. Uh, Champ beating Minella, Indo and Alaho. Just for the... I mean, the finishes... Look, it's been done to death, hasn't it? Especially on this podcast... It was ridiculous, but I I like that for once I'd had a strong opinion for a long time. I'm I'm you know of of the pair of us, Jim. I think I'm a little bit more flexible and I'm a little bit more willing to willing to sit on the fence for a little bit longer. I tend to, but I was quite strong on Champ early doors and even. When there were obvious flaws to his game, I'm, I, I decided to say that there's a bird's tweeting. You are? Are the bird's tweeting? Near me, yeah. Is that what you can hear? Yeah, you're outside. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm sat next to the wind. Oh, that's brilliant. Anyway, back to racing. Uh, <laughs> Did I not yeah, tell you I've got a budgie in my bedroom? You what? No, I'm joking. It, it is the birds outside. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, we champ. It was just one of them because it's. You kind of feel like we with going into it that he was an easy horse to be against. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think if 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 chat if you 
stick with champ and champ doesn't win the RSA, you look a lot more like an idiot than if you were with Manella Rindo when he got beat. Because they were so well, because they were obvious flaws to Champ's game, and he was he was almost Jesus. Every single preview you were listening to, writing, you know, the banker or bust in the preview guide, it was all bust. Won't win. Don't jump well enough. Might not stay. Which I, I, I never saw. It. I thought his best performance this season was over three miles. I agree. Uh, and yeah, and God, I wasn't happy. But 95% of the race, I do, I do not know how he even managed to stay in a position to get himself to rally up there like he did because he's jumping. He's so stuttery. Look, he'll he'll need to improve on that next year to be a Gold Cup horse. But it was just the engine. The engine got him there. And, you know, we, we've all seen the finish 100 times. And it's it's the excitement on the big stage following up Envoilen in, in the first race on that day. And that's that's what's going to attract people to this spot on a two amazing races that you've got a monster performance from arguably the most talented horse I've ever seen. I think he could be. And then a finish like that providing excitement and drama at the death. This is where my friends who like Cheltenham, this is this is where they'll be watching it again next year. And then hopefully they might be watching, you know, the Derby on a Saturday and Royal Ascot. And it's it's almost like that hour was, for me, almost as in the Paisley Park and Frodon hour last year. Maybe not quite on the emotional sense, but in terms of excitement and a showcase of the spot, and, voila, and, and then Champ winning the RSA within an hour at the festival this uh, this season. I think was as good as the spot gets. I, I can certainly say that that hour was not my favourite hour, and I <laughs> cannot relate that at all to Paisley Park uh, and Frodon last season. I have to respect the fact that the race was great to watch. Um, there were three heavyweights going into this. Two of them had a ding dong battle, and then Champ picked up the pieces. And it's nice to see a horse that's got the reputation as Champ actually living up to it for a change. Um, it's, I'm sick of horses being revved up to be the next big thing and then slightly disappointing with a name like Champ named after Tony McCoy you've sort of got to be good and, and he certainly looks looks good and hopefully next season he can bush up on his jumping and it's another good challenger in the Gold Cup picture It's giving him a target on his back hasn't it? Yeah. And I, think, again, I almost think that's given people a little bit more of a want to knock him than they would be if he had a, a less prestigious name, you know. And I was kind of similar going into the Neptune last se- uh, last season when he was a novice. You know, I, I remember us saying, like, almost as far as February, still going, well, we kind of want to find something to take Champ on with. And by March, we just kind of thought, nice, nah, he's, he's probably got the strongest form in the race. Uh, didn't end up working that year. Don't know what's happened to City Island this season. What absolutely bizarre campaign. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a good RSA as well. What What do you think about Manella Indoor and Alaho? Do you think either of them? I mean, everyone's talking about Alaho going back down in trip, aren't they? Yeah, but I thought on Alaho's start, 
uh, first start back, I thought he looked like he was crying out for three miles. In the whole of last season, I thought he was crying out for three miles. He's second at Leopardstown over 2-5. I thought he looked slow when he got picked up by easy game. Obviously, he would have needed the run. However, I, I just felt like he looked like he needed three miles. But then in the RSA, I didn't think he he looked like he properly stayed, although they did kick on a long way out. And maybe with a more reserved ride, he might have been a bit closer. However... As Willie Mullins, Willie Mullins has got enough firepower in his stable to have runners in the Gold Cup, and he has in the Ryanair, so it doesn't really make a difference, I don't think. I'd, it'd be interesting to see what they do do with him. Um, Manella Indoor, people are saying he didn't stay, but I'm 100% he just idled. He's idle. Um, he ran on when Champ passed him, and if they'd run another furlong, he'd have probably won. And I'm, I'm joking. Um, I think it's really, really exciting, them three, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go next season. Do you think Allah holds a bit of a hipster horse? Hipster, yeah, exactly. Hipster horse, I agree. I I, I just get the feeling that, well, maybe I get the feeling, and I could be entirely wrong because he's clearly very, very good, but I think I rank him a little bit lower than most people do. I kind of see him as Monolith 2.0. Yeah, Monolith 2.0, that's, that's a perfect way to sum him up, really. He's, he's like, people are on, on about, you know, always a cert for the Ryanair next season. Peak Min, he will not beat. No. Of anything he's shown this season, Min is not even this season in their career so far. Obviously, Ali Hull's still got scope for improvement. He's still, you know, that was his third start in the, in the RSA, was it? Yeah. So, yeah, fair enough, there's room for improvement there. I also think if, well, if they're looking, the great one else yet. no, if they're looking Ryanair route, they've got a better one in the same colours in Aplutar. Exactly, the one Apl- being there and almost done it. Yeah, I, I think Aplutar another year when he's back, he could be a different horse. I've always been slightly of the opinion Aplutar will be three miles, so I think they'll flip flop this season and they'll drop Alaho back to two four two five, and step Aplutar up. But that's my opinion. I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him, mate. I wouldn't blame him. And the other, the other, the other thing with Champ is, it's nice to get one over on you, mate, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> um, we'll move on to number four on your top five races. What is that? Uh, I'm gonna go for Altior winning the Champion Chase in 2019. Good God, decision. he was bloody brilliant, wasn't he? That was his. Was it 17th in a row? 17th straight victory over obstacles in a row. He went on to break the record at Sandown. It might have been his 18th, actually. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm not a huge gambler. I'm, I, the vast majority of, of well race meetings, I don't have a bet on. I bet a bit at, I bet at Cheltenham. I'll have a couple of darts at the Grand National meeting, then at Royal Ascot, and I might have a, and I have a bet on the Derby. And then throughout the season, if there's something I really fancy, but, you know, nine weekends out of ten, really, I go just watching the racing without without betting. And Altio was the most money I've ever had on an horse ever. Uh, at ridiculously short odds as well. Not Probably not the wisest of strategies uh, if, if I was in it for the long-term game. But I do love this horse. 
I absolutely love him. Uh, I've backed him every single festival he's won at. The Supreme, when he beat Min, he should have been Fav. I think Min was the... You know, it was the uh, Duvan, Votor, Champagne Fever, you know, the, the Mullins and Richie hype horse. Don't get me wrong, Min wasn't a hype horse, but I loved what Altior did at Kempton that Christmas. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I was on him from then, and then, obviously, he wasn't much of a... Well, he was odds on, wasn't he, when he won the Arkle and Did he go off odds against his first champion chase, actually? Or a shade of even money? Uh, he went off even money when even he won money, by seven yeah. lengths. Yeah, because he had that uh, little foot problem, didn't he? Yeah, Duvan fell and uh, Min was seven, about seven lengths behind. Was that the one that Special Tiara pulled up in? I think Special Tiara pulled up. Yeah, it was a it was a bit it was a good race and I still maintain I think Altior is currently the best horse I've ever seen in all the fences. I think I for me I think longevity is as important as wow factor in terms of greatness. And therefore I'd rank Altior over Sprinter Sacro. In yeah. terms of legacy. I know Pete, I know Altior has never produced anything like Pete Sprinter did. But for Altior to go four seasons unbeaten and win four grade ones consecutively at the Shetland Festival is absolutely unbelievable. You know, like you see even with Sprinter Sacra, how how little it can take for things to go wrong. We see with Altior even this season, the little niggly injuries that he's had that have kind of disrupted his campaign. But the, the 2019 uh, champion chase... It was my first time at Cheltenham as well. I, me and you had gone down together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God, my heart were in my mouth coming down the, uh, coming into the home straight. It was the first time in a long time I had not been confident that Altiel was going to win a race. You know, when Soul Royal hit the front, I kind of thought I might have done my bollocks here. Might have absolutely done it. But then he's got the attitude, hasn't he? He, he, he? One thing people say about Altior, and I think a lot of people are, are a lot more keen to find things to slag Altior off for than they are for other horses. I'd, I'd, I don't think he's particularly as loved by the public as, as he should be, in, in my opinion. But his attitude and his will to be was there, and he just powered up the hill, and it was, it was a performance of a champion. And it was the first time I've ever seen the performance of a true champion in the flesh you know where it mattered at the Cheltenham Festival uh, and it's something that'll stay with you forever when you see you see uh, as many horse races as you watch live you know I'm sure me and you have both seen hundreds and you know hopefully doing what we do you know and starting out in a career in this we'll, we'll be seeing you know hundreds of thousands more throughout our lifetime but I think this is one that I'll always remember just for the feeling of first of all sheer bloody relief uh, that he'd actually got up, but, but secondly for you do get connected to horses, don't you? Yeah, but you, you have been connected with LTO for quite a while. When was your first like proper realization that he was a bit of a beast? Kempton. Kempton. Kempton Boxing Day, uh, when he won his novice hurdle. Uh, 
it was such a good supreme that as well. Ridiculously good race. We've I know we talked about it on a on this podcast before about the uh, the depth to Altior Supreme. But yeah, his his win on Boxing Day at Kempton, he, he battered Open Eagle who'd won the November the handicap. November handicap, I remember. In Justice running that. Did it? <laughs> yeah. He got he got absolutely battered. We were furious. Yeah, he'd absolutely. So he'd, he'd beaten a horse who had absolutely hacked up in the in November fa- in handicap. In fact, was, was that was that the November handicap that he went the the long way around? Did he like follow the rail? Did he go around? I think he went a long way around. Uh, Open Eagle, and he absolutely battered him, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it, it was a, it was an absolute uh, procession. Yeah, he'd he'd he'd, he'd bolted up at twelve lengths. It was uh, David O'Mara, uh, and Altiar went and. You know, went and bullied him at Kempton in Ovis Hurdle. That 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 already was his his fourth start over hurdles, and then he went to went to Cheltenham. Min was Min was a hot favourite. Obviously, he would who had done nothing wrong whatsoever at a, in his Ovis hurdling campaign before for Willie Mullins, and has continued to do absolutely nothing wrong other than just not be quite as good as Altio really throughout his career. And he was just so impressive, so impressive when he won the Supreme. He'd probably have won the champion hurdle had he stayed over hurdles because obviously Boubadere, who was third in that race, went and won it the year after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I always felt it looked like he was going to make a chaser, and it's it's good it's good when when you feel like you've clocked onto a horse being a bit special a little bit before everyone else has. It's good, and that's it? why we're in, and that's why we're in the game, isn't it? You know why why you watch. A maiden at Nottingham in the hope that they might be next year's Derby winner in there, and you've yeah. seen it first. You know, that's 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 the feeling that everyone loves, and when you get it right, I think it's hard not to become attached to a horse. And yeah, I'm I am an Altior fanboy. I think he's absolutely quality. I think he deserves more respect. Uh, I were in tears when he won Champion Chase. I thought of quality, one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, in sport in general, up there with Town Winning League for me watching him do that. Absolutely God, quality. That's high praise indeed. And I, I'm surprised he's only number four for that. Um, I thought you'd have LTO's champion chase last season a bit higher. But I'd be interested to see what your number three is because you've got two Nicky Henderson horses so far. So which Nicky Henderson horse have you got for three? Uh, Batash. Batash. Batash again last year. Winning the Nunthorpe. Uh Again, al- almost for a little bit of a different reason to Altio is why I love Batash. I love that he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> you know, s- sport makes characters. Uh, sport makes characters. Sport, you know, sport needs characters. Uh, and Batash is a character. He blows. He blows hot and cold. He can be a, you know, cantankerous and hard to get along with, uh, and he didn't have a particularly fond relationship with York prior to last season. But God, on his day, I have never seen another horse capable of what he is. Have you? Just the no. Quickest... He's a horse that I've never really had a strong affection for. I always look to oppose him, but 
when he does do them victories, the one that stands out for me is the King George Qatar group, the group two at Goodwood, when he beat Tate Cover by about four lengths and he smashed the field. Um, when he does put up them performances, you think, geez, Christ, that's impressive. And you can understand why the market always make him short, but I always want to oppose him at the prices because I'm, I'm, I'm he's, he is a nutcase, but when he is on form, he is absolutely flying. I think it's right that there are times to to oppose Batash. Yeah. But it, but it's a, it's about picking the right ones. Uh and I was I was very, very keen on him for the number four pick. It was it's kind of what it meant for my career, you know, doing this as well. i you know, a, a week before I was kind of well, I say I was applying for jobs like you know, looking at sports coaching, personal training, because I kind of thought ah, it's not going to happen. Talking about racing, you kind of, you kind of wasting your time. Grow up, get a get a proper job. You know what I mean? And then out of nowhere, thank God for Cheltenham announcing the ridiculous mares chase. Because me rinsing that on Twitter got Kevin to notice me. And then in four days' time, I was on final furlong podcast, uh, and life's become different from that talking about the e-bar meeting on that and I, I, I'm, I'm sure maybe some people listening to this might have you know first come across me from Emmett and Kevin giving me a, giving me a chance and I was really keen on Batash on, on it because there was just no reason to see him to see why why York didn't suit him I'd, I'd watched his two nunfolks back and the only thing I could put it down to was coincidence. He didn't seem to not handle the track. He didn't seem to not, you know, break well. The races weren't teed up particularly not to suit him. So to me, the, the correlation of there being no correlation meant that it looked likely to be coincidence yeah. that he underperformed at York. And therefore I thought, right, this is the best horse in the race by about £10. We go in. Uh and luckily, it paid off. Because again, I think I think it was a, you know, be back in Batash to win a race. He'd already been beaten in twice and vastly underperformed in twice. It's a little bit like Champ, where you look a lot less stupid if you get it wrong with another horse. Yeah. You know, if if I'd have been with ten sovereigns and got it wrong, I think I'd have looked a lot less daft than if I would have been Batash and got it wrong. Yeah, you know, I was with ten sovereigns all the last season. But I, the the race was wide open for him. You yeah. know, if if you look at the field that ten sovereigns beat in the July Cup, it was a, it was a group of horses who wanted six as a minimum. There were more milers in there than five furlong horses. And if ten sovereigns was going to be that good in the July Cup, whilst having his six furlong as his strongest, him being quick enough to outpace. Batash, Soldier's Call, Mab's Crossing and Nunfop. You've never seen the likes of Ten Sovereigns before in terms of quality sprinters. No. If he's that good looking like he stays seven over six and quick enough to beat that lot over five, what we've got is an absolute monster. And monsters don't come along that often and that's why I was kind of on the basis of Ten Sovereigns just isn't going to be fast enough to beat this lot. And thank God I was proved right. And I love I, you know, I, I uh, shared the tweet last night of Barcelona's standing up and celebrating with Paul Moir in the derby. Yeah, I love a cocky jockey celebration. 
<laughs> I absolutely love it. A little Sirisco wave. Yeah, Jamie Spencer waving past on Sirisco. Uh, and I love Jim Crowley, finger to the lips as he crosses the line. Because it has been so easy to slate Batash, sometimes for good reason. He's a bit of a Marmite horse, he's a bit of a bad boy. But that's that's what makes me love him, you know. Uh, and he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal animal. And I felt like I was doing that with Jim Crowley myself, putting my finger to the lips of everyone else in the name's my I was there to watch it as well. Uh, me and my mate, Christy, we'd gone. We'd, we'd only got there as the Lonsdale Cup was going off, so we'd missed the first handicap. We'd set off in time, but it was Leeds Fest. No. The same weekend. See, see, I went the Wednesday and the Thursday. I, I never normally go on the Friday or the Saturday. Oh, I, I went specifically because I wanted to see Batash. Yeah. So, and we, we managed to miss the first. A branch had fell on my windscreen on the way because we'd been told to get off the motorway by my Google Maps saying it'll be quicker taking you through this little village. Apparently, everyone's Google Maps had told us that because we were stood there for about 20 minutes. Going through Tadcaster. <laughs> oh, it, wasn't, it wasn't even Tadcaster, mate. It was, either, it was far further down than oh. that. I don't know. I have a clue where we were. Oh, I think I've been taking that route before, just into the middle of nowhere over some bridges and then... Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was, I was, I've been to York, Joe, for about three years now. I've been seven times in a car, and I've drove, and I've been seven different ways. I've never been the same way. You're a man of mystery, Jim. Uh, but yeah, and I was getting so ag- not aggravated, but itchy, you know. Yeah. Me driving and thinking, I want to watch Stradivarius and I want to watch Batash and I might not make it and I might not make it an hour. And luckily there was some, some polite old lady in a front garden and we had windows down. It was a lovely day. And she says to us, are you lads going to the festival? And we were like, no, racers. And she went, oh, take that shortcut. There's a shortcut over there. You'll get back on it. Everyone's going to the festival. So like, right, banging. And literally, we got there. We were on inside at course, just as just to, just enough to see Stradivarius come round on first circuit. And he got back round. And he'd won that. And I'd, I'd say, I'm a big Stradivarius fan as well. I think it's impossible not to be. For the opposite reason to Batash, really, that he's just a true pro. You know, it's a bit like having Gary Neville and Paul Gascoigne together at the same day. But <laughs> And then seeing Batash do that, oh, it was brilliant. It's, 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 it's a memories you make with racing as well, isn't it? You know, days you share with your friends and that who, who are, you know, they don't have to particularly be into the sport to have a good day out. And it's and Batash winning the Nunfort really. I, f- I feel like it's done wonders for me as a career, as a day out. It was as good as as I've had in a long time, and as a performance on the track, the commentary from Richard Hoyles, the Batmobile, Kapow, brilliant, world class, and yeah, I absolutely love him. Glad we'll see him back this season. He probably will win the King Stand this year. To be fair, there's nothing quicker than him. Mm, Pierre Lapin. <laughs> Come well, cool. uh, Yeah, um, it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Um, Al Ali, they'll, they'll chuck him into that category this season. Um, That's a good shout, that mate. Because 
with, with him being free, I guess some people might have come off a couple of the mind, but he looks speedy to me. He looks five all, out and out, are Yeah. And and you look and as well, you can't underestimate last year's Abbey winner. Glass Slippers, I'm a massive fan of her. I don't know if she's back in training this season. Um, she's one I've followed since debut at Haydock. That's one of the days I remember. I took one of one of my mate's granddads and my granddad. We all went down to Haydock on a Wednesday. And I walked over looking at Parade. There were a short price of Detori and Gosden's. And there was this absolute giant filly. And I'm thinking, what's this? And it was glass slippers. And she were about 100 to 1. So I thought, oh, I've had to have a couple of quid each way. And she ran cracking. She ran third. And then I followed her since then. And she won the Abbey. So, it, 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 like you said, it's their memories that just capture things. And then it goes on from there. And a strong choice. You've got three very, very nice horses there. I won't mind owning any, any of them so far. So, what's your number two, Lou? Uh, speaking of owning, it is EBF National on Maiden Hurdle at Donny in January, and it's it's the race clean one on his race course debut. Obviously, you know if you listen to this pod regularly, you know I have a a share in Glen. Uh, it's 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 mad when you kind of dream up, grow up dreaming of having some sort of involvement in a horse. You know, I'm not from you know like a particular like well-off background as well so it always seems like you know unachievable until somehow i'd become a multi-millionaire through uh no you know selling fruit pastels at school you know <laughs> what i mean but uh with glenn you know obviously it's owner's group and i know a lot of people don't have loads of time for them because of the huge markups they have on the horses i don't care I like being involved with horses, and this is the most affordable way to do it. I'd rather have, you know, pay my 50 quid and have an air on his ass. Well, because it's the only, the, the, the only financially viable thing for a lot of people, rather than doing the old, you know, you can have a grand for 2.5%. It's different strokes, really, for everyone, but what owners group do is they make it more accessible to a lot of people, in my opinion. And with Glyn... There's just something about him. I'll, because they were, I had been looking at getting an owner's group horse for a couple of months prior to, to having Glyn. But I kind of wanted wanted one I thought would be good. <laughs> I get you, because when I was 16, I first got mine. And I remember looking at Bagad Bihui and I was thinking, this, this like could be good. And it turns out he, he was. But you do want a good one as your first one, don't you? Oh, I and I, I saw he was from the Bows. Yeah. And he's won his Irish point, and I thought, looks like the one for me. I love a horse with a blaze, and I thought, right, this is the one to go in for. And you you, you become so attached, mate, don't you? Like yeah. the involvement you have. There's nothing, there's nothing like it, you know. When you have a, when you have, I have, I say I have a photo of him on my wall, and it's like, you see him during summer, and then he comes into training, and we were meant to run at Wincanton in November, I think, and he, he got pulled out on uh, on the day due to the ground. Oh no, sorry, he had, he, he, he went lame. Uh, so then we had to wait another couple of months to see him out at Donny and. You know, it's a local enough trap for me. I was still going to go on my sen, uh, 
up until an hour, an hour before the race, my mum kind of had to ring my dad and bully, uh, bully him into coming with me. Uh, but I'm, I, I am so glad I went, uh, <laughs> got there, saw him in parade ring, cried a bit, watched him win the race, cried a bit more. God, mate, the the feeling when you when I seen him is just like nothing else. Like, I'm not ashamed to say I absolutely love him to bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just love him. And I seen him like I seen him there. And he's not very big. He's he's not very big, but he's very athletic looking. And it was a it was a good race, like, you know I, I don't think Papa Tango Charlie ran to form, even though as much as his form line means Clint is the best novice hurdler in Britain. A lot of rubbish. Do the maths, Jim. Papa Tango Charlie got only got beat so far by the big breakaway, who got beat so far by M. Violin. Glyn beat Papa Tango Charlie further than the other two put together. It means Glyn's got seven lengths on M. Violin. Uh, <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what they do with it next season. Do you, do you know how they're going chasing? Are they staying hurdles? Chasing was the plan. Pandemic might have changed that because he has only had one run. Yeah, what would you see his targets being this season? Oh, God, I'd have loved to have seen him uh, in the grade two at Kelso. Yeah. It'd have been the sort of race I'd have been arguing at that uh, owner's group and getaway Trump in last season. Two mile two. Away from a, a big buzzy festival, but it, it's a good race. It pitches up. I'd have, I'd have thought something like that would be mad ideal. I am not sure, though, mate, whether the BHA might expand an intermediate hurdle programme at the yeah. start of the next jump season to make up for, you know, so horses like Glyn and the horses who are later season novices have a couple of months more respite against horses of their own generation and their own company rather than being thrown straight in you know against the big boys after one or two runs whereas really you know we would have Glyn would have been out again this season yeah I agree I, I think that would be the most logical idea wouldn't it yeah and then if 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 he runs in one of those sort of intermediate hurdles the plan might be chasing from there not a hundred percent sure though mate I say it was it was it was due to go novice chasing but whether, whether that's still the plan I'm not Nicky though but it's I, I don't think I've, I've ever seen it like I was running around Donnie like an absolute mentalist mate <laughs> absolute mentalist give Jerry a massive hug what a little photo of him and, and a bottle of champagne and his little bottle of champagne it's insane got home watched the race again cried again it's just a commentary and he's like he's strung him out like Monday morning washing and that it's just that it's just like the swagger and the confidence you're like yeah go on he's bloody fucking decent <laughs> you know and oh god I'm smiling like an absolute mug mate even well, talking about it but it is it's, 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 it's why anyone's involved in the sport in it something like that and to be attached to a winning racehorse yeah, it's your, it's your dream to find one you, your good one. If you are to own one, you want it to be a good one, don't you? And I know well, it's a small percentage chance, but when it is, it, there's nothing more satisfying. 
And don't get me wrong, mate, I think I'd have been as buzzing if it were a Class 7 round Carlisle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd have been as buzzing, because it's, it's what the horse means to you. Yeah. But, and I know there'll be a lot of people who've been involved in syndicates and had horses all their lives who don't get anywhere, you know, who are more involved with the horses, who don't get any, anywhere near as emotional and melty over Glyn as I'm getting. But it was kind of like my first thing, as I kind of like never even really envisaged that a primary involvement, not a primary involvement, but yeah, some sort of actual involvement with a horse would be would be a possibility for a long time, really. To have one that went and did that on his debut and then has your dreaming of where he could take you. Yeah, it's good. And, you know, touch wood, he stays sound as over summer. There's a lot of, a uh, couple of videos out on Twitter of him playing in, uh, in his field with Farouk Deschino, who's another uh, owner's group horse. And, yeah, his nerves, mate. It's nerves. I didn't even back him. I didn't back him because I thought, if he wins, well, that's my happiness there. I don't need financial involvement to be happy if he wins. I'm just going to be on cloud nine for weeks. It's, yeah, I agree. It's also nerve-wracking because you go to one of your mates or anyone in your family, I've got a horse running today, and they go, has he got a chance? And I go, well, I think he's got a chance. I've not backed it, but it, I'm not backing it because I'm not sure. Uh, and to, I know that's not kind of, I, it's sort of difficult to explain because if it loses then you feel responsible for them losing money but if it wins then they're overjoyed it, it's like zero to hero almost yeah it wouldn't be for I, I, I just I, I, did, I didn't I didn't need any any financial reward for to to enjoy Glyn winning the way I did I just it, it was it's it was a mad day I remember it for the day, you know, for the rest of my life, really, is the first horse I've ever been involved with. Hopefully, I'll be involved in in a couple of more in a couple more in my lifetime. But yeah, mate, he's and I say, fingers crossed, he's he's gonna end up being pretty decent because he, he looked it at Donny. He looked it at Donny. There was there was substance to that maiden hurdle, uh, and fingers crossed, he'll be he'll be taking us to the uh, the big meetings next season. Yeah, hopefully. Um, that's a strong candidate for number two for your top five races. So who's number one? My favourite race of all time is the 2017 Grand National, won by one for Arthur. Well, what a race! They're now retired <laughs> by James Watson, one for Arthur. <laughs> what a race! Like any. Any anyone who listens to this pod knows how much the national means to you. It's a whole, the whole event, the whole routine. I've been, you know, the first time I wrote like a Grand National horse by horse preview, it was shit. But I were about eleven. <laughs> first year, of, first year of Brooksbank, so yeah, I were eleven. You know, honestly, just like a little, a line or two sentences on every horse, and half of the Irish ones I never heard of because I'd only seen them on. I'd only see what were happening on Channel 4 or at the races. I didn't have racing TV, so there was a horse called Golden Kite uh, that got in right at the bottom of the Grand National in 2010 or 2011. 
I'd never heard of. And I was trying to write like two sentences talking about him. I don't even know who he is. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and but the whole the whole ceremony of Grand National Week, the routine. I'll, I'll get the I'll get the horse by horse finished off. Hopefully on the Wednesday. Then the final decks are in on on Thursday morning. I go upstairs. I'll print the sweepstake off. All my like my mates all chip in. You know, we, we, we have one between us. Uh, we have, we've done that, you know, again, it's something I bullied everyone into when I was about 14. Used to bring it into school and that. Same. Uh, yeah, innit? And it's then, all about involvement, isn't it, with the Grand exactly. National? It's, exactly. It's not, win, lose or draw, you chuck a pound in, you take a piece of paper out, and that joy could win someone 40 quid and have, and it could absolutely shout down the telly. That's the, that's what I love about the, the national, the bringing together of people who don't normally watch the race, who just watch that race once a year. It, it makes them love horse racing for that small 10 minutes, for example. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's, it's national week is a ceremony for me. And I love, I love the, the gradual excitement of having the fox hunters on the Thursday and then the top them on the Friday and the way it just builds and builds. And on Friday night, I can barely contain myself. I'm absolutely off my tree with it. And we always have, you know, since I've started kind of getting into racing, my family aren't a racing family, but we have a bit of a duo now on Grand National Day, you know, all aunties and uncles and cousins come round and everyone gets pissed to watch the national now. Uh, and it's 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 a really, really good occasion. And one for half was the first winner I'd I'd ever backed, unfortunately, it took me till I was eighteen to to manage it. Uh, but I really like this horse and I think as a as a race, it's I think the most entertaining Grand National for a long time. The ride Fox gives him is a sexier Grand National ride as you will ever see. But there are there's, there's about fourteen of them you can say are still in with a chance. Yeah. You know, crossing the Melling Road, and one for half has just latched his way onto the onto the back of him, and he's just travelling and travelling and creeping and creeping, and he hits the light, he hits the front, you know, just before the last jumps into the lead, and then he just stays at home, and that was the first time, you know, when I'm going into school, you know, I in I was in sixth form. You know, days before, and you have teachers saying who's going to win national, and you say one for Arthur, and you swan in on Monday, and you Billy Big Bollocks. Yeah, it, it, it is great. I, my first national winner was 2011, so that was 10 years ago, so I would have been 11. Uh, and I remember my history teacher asking me what's going to win because he knew I had an interest, and I said, I, I'm certain Bella Briggs is going to win. Um, and I, I can't remember my exact explanation at the time. And walking back into lesson on Monday morning, I felt like the coolest kid in the class, even though I was probably classed as a loser for watching racing, to be real. <laughs> but I felt like, yeah, look at me. Every, all teachers had backed him because the history teacher had told him. I I looked like the biggest boss in that school. And as a, I'm, since then, I, I, I've never been... I don't love the National as much as you do, Lewis. I like the idea that people who have no intentions of watching racing watch that one race and they enjoy it. And and that's what I enjoy about the race. I got a text on the morning of that race, Jim. Obviously, all of us who are in racing will have, uh, I'll have friends who we... <laughs> oh, the, the standard year. text. 
Cheltenham and uh, Aintree. And I got a text off, off a lad who I, re- I used to be really close to, like, you know, growing up till we were about 14, 15. And he texted me and he put, uh, what you got on today, pal? And I replied, I put one for Arthur. And he, and he put, what are you on about? I meant, like, do you want to go for a pint or something? <laughs> That's hilarious. Imagine, was he sick? Did he back it? Uh, he did, yeah. I got him. We, yeah, we went. We went for a pint before before racing started. To be fair, quick dinner time on when I was still drinking. I and it were it were a it was just an all round a great day. The race is brilliant to watch again. I I said I love the Grand National. It's it's what really got me into racing and the names. I remember the first the first race I ever watched was the 2004 Grand National. Like I said, in, in back room at Ollywell Inn, across road from where I live, and. And then I, re- I remember where I was when I watched the 2005 Grand National in America. I remember the 2006 Grand National watching it in the evening. I'd gone to my grandparents before, picked an horse, then we'd gone down to Shea, and then we'd come back to watch the National. I remember the 2007 Grand National playing football with my mates in the park in the morning, and about four of us talking about which horse we'd picked. You know, even that with four eight-year-olds in the yeah. morning talking about horse racing. I remember. Well, that's um, because of the Grand National. I used to play football on a Saturday morning, and I remember. I think we were playing Bay at Bay Cup. I think Bay Cup away, and I, there was about ten of us sat in the back of my granddad's car. Don't ask me how we all fit in it. All reading the Racing Post for the, for the Grand National. Ten like eight-year-olds, like you've said. Oh, looking what's going to win the national. It might be in 2010, you know. It might be in Don't Push It's Year, because I remember someone picked him. And I'll, I'll give a detailed description, because I knew of racing at the time. But it's, it. I think the key to the national and getting younger people in racing, it, younger people into racing is the national. It attracts the younger audience. The fact that horses are jumping that big offences attracts them to, to the sport. And... One for Arthur's a solid choice, Lewis, and you. I remember you were hot on him at the time. Yeah, really. I really liked him. I don't think. I think he's gone well again this year. I think he was coming back to himself this season a little bit. Uh, but it's so important, you know. It's so important to me. The Grand National is, like I say, the the one race of the year that that I look forward to more than anything. I'd I'd, I'd take the Grand National over the Gold Cup, you know, personally. But I I, I think that's because it's. It's the day when my my hobby and my interest is everyone else's hobby. You know, yeah. it's the day when everyone gives a shit, and it's 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 a little bit different, and it's and it it's something you can build up to all year really. I I start looking at who I think is going to win the national the hour after the national finishes last season. You know, <laughs> and and it's it's brilliant. And one for half is is probably my favourite. Forms, not only because I was on it, because of the excitement the race provided, the amount of horses that were still in with a chance uh, into a late stage in the race, and uh, the ride Fox gave him, which was absolutely fantastic. A lot of likeable horses went well in the race as well. You know, I think it is very hard to, for anyone to say bad words about Cause of Causes, Centaur, Black Lion, Gasline Boy, the early on Rouge. All really, really likable types coming in in behind him, you know, and they all they all prov- you know provided what was a great race when Black Lion skipped clear at the Melling Road, 
and they'd been good money for him all morning. He ended up going off favourite. I think you know, it was all my money. Yeah, probably was to be fair, mate. But you know, he'd been he'd been backed in, and you were thinking, oh, is the Aintree gamble gonna come? But no, Derek Fox was just almost like a sniper. Just cool, always had him in his sights and waited for the right moment to pounce. As perfect ride, perfect race, perfect memory for me, really. Nothing, nothing better. Yeah, good, good choice. I, I, you're talking about gambles there in the national. First gamble I remember is big fella. Thanks. He ran in the Harry Finley colours. I don't know what year it were, but he went. He were, he were about eight to one, and he went off fours. I think in the end. No, he didn't go off fours. Did he not? I have no. made that up. Yeah. Uh, he did go five one year for the Grand National. It might be was, that year. He was sixth in 2009. Was it Richard jo- Was Richard Johnson booked to ride him, but he fell off during the day and got injured? Or have I made that up? Or, or did he ride him in the end? I can't remember. He's, he's escaped me. Might have been Paddy Brennan. Pa- yeah, Brennan, Brennan rode in for Tom George when he was with Tom George. He was with Paul Nichols before. Yeah. Uh, and he went off He went off five in 2010. Yeah. And don't push it. They won't have giant fouls. In fact, they were a lot of good money for don't push it that morning. Yeah, they were. And I think Big Fella Fax ended up. Big Fella Fax ran in, definitely ran in four nationals. Might have even been five. And then he was third in the Fox Hunters when he was fifteen. Yeah, he was. Did Noel George ride him? I made that up. I think Noel George did ride him. Yeah. Um. But it's nice to hear all these horses get a bit of a comeback again, and, and that's a strong five. So number five champs are I say, number four Altios champion chase, number three Batash's Nunthorpe last year, Glynn's win at Donny at number two, and one for Arthur Grand National in 2017. Strong, strong five. Hi, cheers, mate. Glad you like. Um, we'll move on to a bit of what we did last week. We had a bit of a Q and A at this time. Uh, so Lewis. People don't really know much about you. So, what's your favourite meal? Meal? Oh, chicken fajitas or any curry. Chicken fajitas or curry? That's really two opposites. Is it? I think so. Spicy? Chicken, eh? You you like spice, then? Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd definitely go to a... A foreign cuisines restaurant rather than a pub lunch. Definitely. Yeah. Your favourite TV programme? Oh, God. Uh, Peep Show. Peep Proper. Show? Peep Show's very good. I, I watched, I watched though, during lockdown, the first series of True Detective as a series is probably the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Good decision. But I do, I, I, I love all my, I love my, you know, box sets, the Breaking Bads and Sopranos and that I do I do get along with them. Yeah. Have you watched Money Heist? I'm halfway through Money Heist. No, I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about it though. Is it worth wow. doing? Wow, wow, wow. I strongly watch it in Spanish with English subtitles. Oh my gosh. It is one of the best things I've ever watched. Um that's enough the, about me. The name irritates me though, Money Heist. Because what else are you gonna heist? Cars. Yeah, fair Horses. enough. Horse heist? Has anyone ever heisted a horse? Sure, guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. Hob- hobbies other than racing. What what other hobbies do you have? Uh, I I'm just a complete sports nerd, really. Football, 
uh, I love I love my I love my running and my training. I I'm immensely boring in that half my life I spend running or at the gym, which is very boring. I love yeah. I, to be fair, I love I love my music as well. I'll, I'll I tend to listen. I try and listen to a different album every day. Uh, apart from that, not much else. But yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy a lot of things. To be fair, mate. Contains DC new album coming out soon. New album. It is yeah. Where where we don't have very many shared interests in music. Jim likes his IB for pots and pans, <laughs> and I like all my dark fruit bucket hat stuff. But we're we're both quite big fans of Fontaine's DC. And they released a new song the other day, Heroes Death. That 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 was something different to listen to. And I have I have changed quite a bit since coming to uni, Lewis. I, my change in music. There's I watched Supersonic documentary the other day. That that's made me listen to a bit of Oasis recently. And you'd think being from fairly close to Manchester, I'd listen to it, but I've never really, to be brutally honest. Um, but we don't have much shared music passion, but Fontaine's is one of ours. Um, if they'd like to make us a theme tune for this beginning of Turf Talk, oh. that'd, that'd be great, wouldn't they? Should we tweet Fontaine's and see if they can do that? <laughs> uh, who do you idolise? Who, who's your idol growing up? Oh, uh, it sounds a bit... Sounds a little bit weird, but I don't particularly have many. There, there, there are people I like, but I've never particularly put anyone on a pedestal. I, I kind of like people who are self-aware of their own yeah. flaws. I like the likes of, you know, people who are a bit like, obviously Jamie Vardy being a town player, but I like people who've who've had to graft and do things the hard way. Uh, that to me is shows. A good amount of character, and I, I, I won't say I've ever had an idol growing up. In in racing, obviously, you, you look at your McCoys and that, you know, because that they're people who I've had who I've just grafted and grafted for years. But I, I don't I don't really know. I'd I'd say it's a sort of personality type yeah. I admire most rather than a certain person. Yeah. Um, your dream holiday destination. Oh God! Do you know what I texted last uh, last last night, asking her to come to Paris with me because I saw it in a perfume advert. <laughs> at the minute, it'd be Paris. Paris. Um, I'll I'll, I'll, obviously not at this moment in time because no. everyone should stay. When I, had, when I had family out in the UAE, uh, that were that were mega. Obviously, it's a bit dodgy out there if you don't yeah. have money, like, and it's not. It's not the most uh, clean conscience of a place to live, but that was insane there, mate. Yeah, that's my biggest regret. When my cousin worked out there, I wish I went. But hey ho. Um, your favourite ever film? You've got something to beat now with Kung Fu Panda last week. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, solid. Uh, I think I've seen that. Um, drink of not choice. Kung Fu Panda, is it, mate? No, not all. Drink of choice. You're not a big alcoholic man, so what soft drink no, of I'm choice? Tea. Yeah, I'm teetotal, so it'd be a diet Dr Pepper. Diet Doctor, you are. I can vouch you for that. You are a massive diet Dr Pepper fan. I have never seen a man drink so much Dr Pepper. He almost drinks as much diet Dr Pepper as I eat crisps, and that is a lot. So, um, that that's all I've got for my quick fire Q and A for you.
I hope people um, know you a bit better now. I, I've learned a few things about you there. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that you were a fan of Paris. I've never. Do you know what? I've I've literally been a fan of Paris for about twelve hours, and it was literally because I saw a Christian Dior advert last night, and I thought <laughs> that was quite nice. <laughs> so we'll move on to our your top four, five horses of all time. Number. Are we going back from five to one again? We'll go five to one, yeah. So number five. Are we going to see a repeat of some of the horses that we've seen in the races? Uh, maybe. maybe. I've not actually written this. I've not actually written this down because I thought I might be a little bit more flexible with it. Because when I'm talking about my races, maybe other horses might come to mind for me. Yeah. That was kind of my my idea. Uh, number five. I think I'm gonna go for Bouvardet. Bouvardet number five. Yeah. Go on, the boy. Reasoning. I like Bouvardet. Again, I like that people don't like him. I like kind of getting in an horse's corner when I feel they're under attack. Maybe that's why I like Champ and Batash. I feel like, I, I, you know, I feel like fighting an underdog's cause. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why that is because it's an entirely irrelevant way to look at racing because either horses are going to win or they're not going to win depending on, you know, it depends whether people slate them or not. Makes no odds to their chances whatsoever. But I do think he didn't get the credit he deserved last season. Uh, well, not, not not really last season. In fact, he went into last season, uh, even though he fell over in the champion hurdle and brought down the only other horse in the race I'd backed. Uh, I do. I, I am a big Boover fan. I felt very, very cocky when he beat Samco in the fighting fifth. And I already had money on him for the champion hurdle. And that was me literally sitting there already counting because he went odds on. He did. He, he, I can't believe the price he went off. He went odds on. And I'd, I'd, I'd back Bouverdere to win his third champion hurdle that August. So I thought Sam Crow was going to go over fences. And then when Sam Crow went back over hurdles, I thought, oh no, you've dropped a bollock here, lad. And then he got beat at Down Royal by the mighty Bedrock. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Bedrock, boys, if any listeners from the original days are still here with us. But uh, yeah, Bedrock beat Sam Crow. And then I thought we were back in. And then Sam Crow went off Fav in the fighting fifth. And I went in on Boover again. And Boover won. And I thought, I am definitely in. And then he got beat at Kempton. And then we thought, we're not as dead cert as we thought here. And then Lorena was, you know, aimed at the champion. And then Apple's Jade had her plan changed. And in the end, he went off third foul from being odds on in December. It's a <laughs> ridiculous drift, really. To say he'd only had one run and he'd only narrowly been beaten by Vidana Blue, who's a horse who suits Kempton right down to the ground. Uh, and obviously, things have not really gone to plan for him since he was good at Punchestown though you know he's still a bloody good animal uh, in there but I do I'm, I, I am a big Bouverdere fan I, I I think he warms you to a horse a little bit when you don't feel like they get the credit they're deserving yeah 
do you understand what I mean? And yeah. for for Bouverdet, it was like that for me. Uh, I don't think he beat Epiton no. this season. I don't think he'd be out of the first three though. But I, I wonder, I wonder who Garrity had a role. That would have been interesting. Oh, because Garrity has a a real soft spot for Bouverdet, doesn't he? But Epiton was so devastating at Christmas. It would have been interesting to have seen if he had the choice who he would have ridden. Well, would Epiton have even ran in the Christmas hurdle? Oh, that, that's would it, Ep- yeah. Would Epiton have even been pointed in that direction after winning at Newbury? Was it early on? Because JP was pretty sure in saying that she'd win the champion hurdle after that performance. Yeah, exactly. And he's ran. Bouverdet ran in the Christmas hurdle the last two years. Yeah. So you'd assume they'd go tried and tested method if you were fit. You'd think, wouldn't you? Oh, that's then, right calculation. I I still think Epiton ends up in the champion hurdle. Yeah. But I don't think she goes off five. No, she'd have gone off about 16. Shorter than that, because I think she'd have won in the meantime. But I don't think it'd have been in Newbury. And I, I don't know where we'd have seen her. Contenders hurdle. Contenders are lots of one. Although, who, who running that late? Was that the El Dorado Allen race? This yes. Season. I, I tell you what, the two Cormie miles. Lord won, I think. Yeah. Or, or did did uh, Cormie Lord go off a very short price? And what was that other one? Uh, what was the winner? Was it Kader Stan? Was that, that not yes, that race? Yes, you're right. You're right. Well done, mate. Cormie Lord went off a ridiculously short price and Kader Stan, your old mate, picked up the pieces. Yeah, I like Boover I like his gobshite Twitter account as well. That's funny. Uh, There's a lot of shit housery that you like. I do. I like... I like Horse racing is, in general, a very polite sport. Uh, yeah. I do like a little bit of wind-up. <laughs> we don't have enough of it here. We don't have it, you know. I, wouldn't it be lovely if Gordon Elliott just came out and said to Willie Mullins, my horse is better than your horse? Yeah, but that's not the, it's not the, never the way it's been, has it? Um, I know, it's, it's, it's never the way it will be. So when we get a little bit of minor shithousery of the, you know, in the manner of Jim Crowley putting his finger to his lips or Bouverdere having a Twitter account that abuses Matt Chapman and Kevin Blake, I'll go, yeah. I'm well up for this. But that makes it all the more special when it does happen. Like, when you do get a bit of back, back chat, that makes it better. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's, every sport's better with, with a little bit of a, a little bit of back and forth, I think. Yeah. So that's our, our, our plan for racing. Please be nastier to each other. I think racing Twitter's already a violent enough place. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, imagine. In fact, yeah, the arguments on there, if, if racing went any further, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> as much as it's a lovely community to be involved, you feel like at any time you could become under attack. <laughs> Quite rightly for you for putting Tizard up for training at year, to be fair, mate. Yeah, to be fair. Looking back at it, it's probably not the best decision I've ever made.
I've caught a bit out. Uh, shall we move on to your next Arsley? Yeah, mate. Number four uh, is Balthazar King. Balthazar King, the good old boy. What a oh! I'm glad he's got a mention. He's a Donny, isn't he, mate? Oh, he's proper. A proper Donny. I I I do bum off my staying chasers, my Grand National types. Any race that could be reasonably construed as a potential Grand National trial uh, gets my full attention. You know, I am vastly more interested in the classic chase at Warwick than I am in the arc. You know, I make I make no no bones about that. And Balthazar King was just so bloody good and so bloody consistent and so likable and tough and game and everything you want in a good old fashioned staying chaser. Uh really for a long period of time went really well round Cheltenham. I I don't if I, I'm going to count that his number of Cheltenham wins, obviously a festival winner as well. He won seven times at Cheltenham, which is what you what you want as well as an owner if you're getting seven wins at the home of national yeah. hunt racing. I mean, you, you'd give the world for that. But a festival win himself, second in the national, arguably, I thought he was going to win that year as well. Uh and just as likable a horse as 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 you get. Yeah, most definitely. He made me fall in love with the cross country at Cheltenham. Every season you'd see him turn up, and he was so likable. And he, he's a proper. I, I want to call him a gent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a lovely way to describe him. He was. He's a, he was a gent of a horse. He sort of, he never really offended anyone. <laughs> and I know I, I, he never really did a lot wrong. He always tried, and he, he was always he was always liked by everyone. Uh, um, I, I think that's the perfect way to call Balthazar's asking. And he, he he was a gent. Well, he still is probably um, at the age of sixteen. He's, he's, he's gone off the rails now. I, I've just said he's now he's he's had enough. He's now reckless in his field. He's charging at people. I, I, he's completely lost the plot. <laughs> he's drinking bottles of whiskey, and he's, he's got a shank under his saddle. Yeah, and when no one's looking, he smokes cigars. <laughs> 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 That's another preconceived idea we've put on horses once again. To so Santini is as slow as a boat, and now Balthazar King is a, a former gent who's now a rogue. <laughs> Al Capone, well, you can be both, Jim. Yeah, Al Capone. Yeah, he can be. Balthazar King is Al Capone. <laughs> Strong choice for number four, that Lewis. Uh, number uh, three. Oh, I'm going to talk some more about Balthazar King. Fire away then. Carry on. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to because I like the cross country. You, you said I, I like seeing these horses come back year in year out of it, and I, I think the thing with Balthazar King as well was when he did get his injury, and it didn't look good for a while. Mm-hmm. And just the outpouring of emotion when he was back on a race course. Yeah, it's a, it's almost you know, like everyone came together. Yeah, and it was an outstanding show of, again, like what the racing community can do. 
you know, uh, for a horse and how, how together a good horse brings people. Yeah. Really, you know, there are a lot of public horses, you know, your Fahins and that, who are who are public horses a long way because of how good they are. Bob Zakin was never in the same league as Fahin, but I think he became a public horse. He did. He did. And even like your non racing fans who only tuned in for Cheltenham, like my mum very rarely enjoys watching racing with me. She's normally forced to. It's on every day, on every channel, every room she goes in. She goes, oh, you're watching racing again. But she she go, Balthazar King's still running. I go, yeah. And like Even she knew who Balthazar's King was. Because she'd see him every year whenever she watched Cheltenham with me. She'd watch Aintree. Um, and... <laughs> that sums it up. Really. Balthazar King's still running. Is he yep. still running? Yep. He's still going. Yep. The only event really in horse racing he gets excited for is Royal Ascot, and that's because we normally have a little party and have afternoon tea, and that's about it. Oh, <laughs> that's God, the only reason. You? Uh, you say that we get some Horvis from down the road, uh, from the corner shop, and put some corned beef in it or something like that, and then have a cup of tea I whilst watching racing. We have garages, you know, petrol stations. Oh, wow. I don't live too yeah. far away from from a petrol station, they sell everything uh, that a corner shop would, barring alcohol. So yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't believe he won at the festival in 2012. Neither can I. That, that makes me feel old. I know. And when we've talked about racing in these last couple of weeks, and even getting people, young people in, it makes me feel old remembering races in 2010, 2012. I feel awful. <laughs> it's ridiculous, mate. It's ridiculous. We might have 50 years more of this to come. Yeah, and like time flies, doesn't it? Like you don't even real. Like I've used this this time in isolation to sit back and reflect on what's going on. Like it's made me feel old. That that's not good. I'm gonna stop reflecting. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Anything, anything else to add on Balthazar? Oh, I'll tell you what. I'm just looking back through his uh, cross country wins. And uh, I mentioned it because it links it back in with the Grand National. Big Shoe, who also Big won Sh- a... I was going to give him a mention. Also won a uh, Cheltenham cross-country race. And I felt... I had it, I, He was my main pick for the National the year he ran. And it was, it was... I think it was actually probably the first or second year I'd brought the sweep into school. And I'd text out boys before. I said, make sure you have a quid. You know, I'm going to get this going. And they all had. And, you know, a couple of them are asking me, who's going to win national? I go, oh, I think I'll be with Big Shoe this year. And I just, I still got the text screenshot on my phone, just in case I ever get too big for my boots with something like, you know, champ winning. It's just a, just a little text I got from my mate after that grand national Big Shoe running. And it just says the words, it fell at the third, you fucking spastic. <laughs> I have one very similar with Black Lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and that's. I, I think if I if I if I die, I'd quite like that on my grave. <laughs> I, I'll I'll happily have that. We've yeah. been talking about graves in, in the last couple of weeks. Like we're gonna die soon. I, I really hope that we don't. It's, I think mine was a man of simple pleasures, wasn't it? Wasn't it last week? <laughs> oh, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Um, number to me, number three now, if you want. Number three, yeah. Who is it? Uh, 
It is the great Undersoul. Undersoul, the boy. Just what a legend. What an absolute boyo. I remember Every... when we first started this podcast, he was the one horse that melted your heart. Love him. Absolutely love him. He is what makes national hunt racing so good. So good. And it's why why I'm, I guess, probably a national hunt fan over a flat fan. It's because I like seeing a horse develop over the full sense of the career. You know, it not be ended prematurely for financial gain. You know, horses running till till they can really. And that's what I love about Undertow. I love that we've seen him. When he was a youngster, remember, he's, he's retired as the iron horse, the ever-dependable, you know, Mr. Reliable. When he was a youngster, yeah, he was a bit of a tearaway, wasn't he? There were, would, there were question marks about him temperamentally. Would you right allow me to call him days. a fruitcake? You would have called him a fruitcake, mate. He was. Definitely. He was, yeah, completely. And he was... He was brilliant. His arc, his arc win, fantastic. His first, his first win at the festival because he'd never come to Britain before, had he? He'd kind of been given no. a little bit of a a proper under the radar campaign by Willie Mullins for the first year and a half or so of his career. And then it seems a little bit weird to say again in a period of so many good two mile chasers. But Undersoul went in to his champion chase when Sprinter Sacra regained his crown. Undersoul went off odds on Fav that day. Undersoul <laughs> was unbeaten every time he stood up. I know. And and you look at his record and it's absolutely impeccable. He only was never outside the first two four times and two of them he fell. He won 20 of his 31 starts. He was second seven times. It, it's absolutely mental. He was, he just embodies everything that makes you love national racing horses who are there year in, year out, battling, you know. And we see them in different guises, you know. We see him as a little bit of a tearaway novice. We see him as a mature, you know, almost like a, a young footballer who's like Jack Grealish as a kid. And he grows up to the end, you know, <laughs> calms down, he marries, he has a couple of kids and by end he just wants to pick up his wage and do his job professionally for the team. And that's what and that's what we've seen from Undersol. Uh, we, we are blessed to have had such a great crop of two-milers, two-mile chasers in the past decade. Sprinter Sacra, Undersol, Duvan and Alti. Like Undersol was the next Sprinter Sacra. Before Duvan was the next Sprinter Sacro. Before Altior was the next Sprinter Sacro. You know, no. it's insane that we've had horses with that profiles. And that's not even counting Footpad, who loads of people thought was gonna win were good enough to win the champion chase of a novice, including yourself. Yeah. You know, obviously things haven't worked out for Footpad, but what a crop it's been over the past decade. And just what a horse under so is. There's been lots of talk about him. Recently, obviously, due to his retirement, you know, retirement and great to see photos of him in France this week as well. But you know, two Cheltenham Festival wins, just 
runs his race every single time, and he's still operating at a bloody high level this season. Almost, almost won a grade one this year again. Uh, no words, mate. Just a legend. A proper he legend. And he, he's one that everyone will remember for running. Turn up. Willie Mullins always took him to big races later on his career, and he always ran his race. Um, and you'll never have any questions with his ability or anything, because there were a lot of doubters at the beginning. Like you said, his temperament was never, was always questioned, but he's mat- we saw him mature and he blossomed into a beautiful animal. And I think retiring him won't be a bad thing. And I'm sure he'll have a great time in France, France now. Looking at them pictures, he seems to be adored over there. Yeah, I, I love that when, when, when we see different different facets of a horse and when when a horse appears appears to be a little bit of a reformed character, Undersol was never was never in squiggle territory. No, no, never. Opinion. But I think I, I I think they were question marks potentially over his tactical versatility. It was very much go from the front and I'll just run it out here. Yeah. You know, whether it was anything more than a one dimensional you know, speed merchant, ah, mad type of character, you know, yeah. rather, but I, I love those sort of odds, like Tidal Bay. Yeah. Who you see as a, who ends up, you know, being a two-mile Arkle winner with the world's biggest squiggle next to his name and finishing off winning Bet365 Gold Cups <laughs> as a reformed character at the age of like, te- tw- what, 11 or 12? Yeah. That, that all- That's... That's why National has the edge over the flat for me. Yeah, it's almost as if they just re- reach a hit age now and go, right, I've matured, I'm fine, let's go. <laughs> so, Luke, yeah, no. strong choice for number three. Do you have Do you have a choice for number two? Uh, it's going to be Altior. Altior. I, I knew he'd be in here somewhere. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a lot of talking about him already, but... I don't. I, I just think he is the best I've ever seen. He's also the most likely to have owned. Just ridiculously straightforward, professional, a grafter. Probably a little bit better than people give him credit for. And I like winning streaks. I like yeah. the one next to the one next to the one next to the one. That's why I'd be so conservative if I was you know, a full owner or a trainer, I would not be the type to be going tilt here, tilt there. No, protect the ones. Altio running a King George would never have been part of the conversation if I had anything to do with it, trust me. Uh, <laughs> he'd, have never have, he'd, have, he'd have never have seen surname. He wouldn't know who he was. Because uh, <laughs> I'd be getting, I'd be protecting the ones, mate. But when when, when you come up with a winning streak like that, I mean, he's a superstar. I said he should win Sports Personality of the Year last year, which is something I still maintain. Horses <laughs> should be illegible. We were sat on uh, train on way back, and I just remember looking at you going, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, because I was probably waffling. I'm probably waffling now, because when I get... When I start talking about an also like a proper waffle, but he is... Just fantastic. It does mean a lot to me. It means a lot to me. And 
I've probably backed him all every race he's running since that Kempton race. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not too much of a gambler, but I do, I, I, I do tend to back Altior whenever he runs. Uh, not sure how long that's going to be carrying on for, to be fair, because you know I have to put I put head heart over head in general. But Altior's been lucky that I, that, I've, that heart hasn't had to battle with head at all ever in five years. And that's class. And yeah, he's a legend. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we see him back to his best this season. Because the two-mile division is probably the messiest it's ever been at the minute in my lifetime. Anyway, two-mile chasers. Yeah, more, more certainly. And you saw that at the festival, didn't you, with Politolo winning and Deffy not turning over his best page. And it's it's weird, isn't it? It's gone from looking like Wow, what a division to slightly weak. Well, I've, I'd be happy enough to forgive Deffy that. Yeah, so would I. I, I, I. But it's probably raised more questions and answers. Uh, and the novices coming through, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I could be underrating Put the Kettle On because everyone seems to underrate Put the Kettle On, bless her. But I don't think she's champion chase quality. No, but but I do think that if they give Bruin Upper Storm a better season this year, I, I won't rule him out of that division yet. He, it, I've, I've been banging on about him for years and I think he's got so, I think he's a special horse. I think he's got something about him and he's asked to, to keep them, put him into the equation. I think he's interesting. I'd just bring God's own out of retirement. <laughs> God's own. I was surprised he's not made it onto this list. Uh, he's a bit of a legend, but he'd, he'd probably be top 20 rather than top five for me. Yeah, probably. We'll, we'll have to do a top 20. We'll write down a top 20 list. <laughs> Is there anything else to add on Altior? No, I'll I, I do him to death, don't I? Yeah, we're all, we're all sick of hearing about <laughs> Altior and lost in translation on you. Number one, Lewis, who takes the spot? Because I had Altior down for number one for you, and earned a saw was two, so. Hello, bud. Hello, bud. Base horse of all time. What Absolute a boy. legend. Of course, it's got to be a, some sort of slow boat, Jim. Has <laughs> Elegant Escape not made his appearance on here? No, he's out the back somewhere, Jim. <laughs> In fact, I think he's just finishing now. He might, he might stay on and overtake Hello, but I might, I might be about to finish my sentence and Ellis Cape will come in and see <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, it's, 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 it is, it's got to be Hello, bud. Just a legend of the game, and it's, it's when I was first starting to get into racing, 2009. I say it's probably the first year I paid proper attention to it. You know, recording, 08-09 jump season. You know, the Hennessy where big bucks fell, and then that following flat season uh, is the first was the first proper time I was I watched racing every every time it was on really series link you know and it's a uh, and Hello Bud was probably my favourite from the time that was probably most crucial for me getting into the spot I don't really know. How how he first came to prominence with me, probably when he won the Scottish Nash. Yeah. 
again, I remember my grandma and granddad used to live in a caravan in Hull. Uh, and I'd been there. Oh, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> Could you not tell by the hint of sarcasm in my, in my voice? <laughs> I thought you were just being polite, mate. I no. thought you were being polite. There you should know by now that I, I am polite, but only to a certain extent. And it's still kind of like that way, where when he won the Scottish Nash, I was still kind of at the age where I was only kind of like semi-aware of what I was watching. So I was like, I could accept, yes, this is a Scottish national, but I don't really know what it meant or who any of the horses were if I'd not already heard of them. And I really liked his attitude that day. I thought, I thought to myself, that horse looks tough. That horse looks like he really wants it. And he ran quite well uh, in the national the season after. Fifth, I think Sam Sam Twiston Davis was only what seventeen back then. Yeah, he wasn't old, was he? No, and he was a big. Obviously, he was a huge favourite in the Twiston Davis yard as well, which I think back then when it was a a real family operation with Nigel and Sam and Willie, you know. I remember one of the first times I ever bought the Racing Post uh, was because there was a feature on Hello Bud in it. Yeah. We, you know, talking to Sam about how much he loves him, and then he went, then he went and he won the Beecher, and he he, he turned up in the National, however many times after. Uh, but it was his, his last win when he won the Beecher at the age of fourteen, and you just think. That is what makes national racing class. Yeah. You know, I, I say I love the tree fences. I absolutely love them. The the spectacle, the sense of occasion you get when it's you know the Grand Theft and the Fox Hunters. Anything over the tree fences is such a special event. And a horse who has gone so well there, you like seeing a champ return to glory, and you love seeing a horse go out on a high. And that's what happened with Hello Bud. And he was he was as likable as he come up. A front runner, jump for fun, tough, lovely slow boat. And yeah, he's, he's probably my favourite horse of all time, Jim. A, a, per, a perfect way to summarise your, your probably whole racing opinion, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I, I didn't have him anywhere near. Um, I thought you'd have your obvious Altior, Undersaw, Bouverdeur, Balthazar. They're just not in the right order, but Hello Bud was a proper Don, wasn't he? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Proper, proper geezer of an animal. Yeah, and and he was the king of the beach, wasn't he? He loved the beach chase. And I, I agree with you. Growing up, I remember him always winning the national trials and winning the Scottish national. Starting to watch that race is, is and and seeing him win them, I agree is what sort of captured staying chasing for me as well. Because I'm I'm a fan of all codes, but specifically jump staying chasing Grand National. The first horse I'll name you will be Hello Bud, and I think he's a great choice for your number one, Lewis. Yeah, and it is. It's a horse who, like you mentioned, a big fella. Thanks again. Why the national is so. And you've said with Balthazar King, even your mum goes, oh, is Balthazar King still running? Yeah. You know, when, when he was on the course. And it's the names of the horses who come back year in, year out. You know, 
Vieri on Rouge is probably running about 19 Grand Nationals now. <laughs> probably. You know, and that's and that's and that's why you get you know you, you do get attached and and seeing seeing the course of the full career. Don't get me wrong, I love flat racing as well. I love flat racing, just not as much as jumps. Uh, and oh, Hello Bud for me is the archetypal, proper, good, solid, Saturday, handicap staying chaser that absolutely anyone would adore to own. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect way to summarise everything that you've talked about on here, Lewis. Um, Hi, thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you very much for doing this. I know it's a boring time for many racing fans, but look forward. We've got Hanover and Longchamp to look at. Sacre <laughs> uh, bleu. I don't think we'll be having any previews until English racing comes back. Do you agree, Lewis? There's no, no point. We, we will do a... Uh, once we get the finalisation, once we're a little bit more solid on what is actually happening, we will have a full flat season preview out probably a preview of the first weekend. If nothing's happening next week, Jim, we might talk about what we've seen on France on Monday because Sotsos is meant to be running. It's a yeah. really, really nice card. Victor Ladorum, he's running as well. Yes, uh, it's a, it's it, I, I tried to watch some of the racing yesterday from, was it Dortmund? It came up on my YouTube. Um, Hanover. And I was thinking, yeah, Hanover. And I was I was watching it and I'm thinking I don't have a clue what's there. The only person I know in German race is Andreas Voller, and that's about it. Um, he normally runs at Adoc, and I didn't have a clue. Uh, you had your first experience of watching Happy Valley properly, didn't you, Lou? Yeah, I watched I watched the first five from Happy Valley the other day. Uh, Jim asked me for my assessment of it, and I just said it's G1 jockey, but real life. <laughs> That's all it is. Even down to the names are just two English words put together that make no sense as a single sentence. It's mad, isn't it? And and didn't, you saw my rule properly come into play, didn't you? Purton and Marrera stalls one to six. What happened? Who won the three. first three? There you go. Yeah. What? I watched Warren Bull as well. If you've not watched Warren Bull's Grand Annual, do it. Quality race <laughs> to watch. I'd, I'd seen bits and pieces of Warren and Bull before. This is the first time I'd ever kind of sat down and properly watched an entire race. The course is mad. Yeah. It's a proper little runaround. It's it's fascinating much, but the commentary is great. You could just tell this man is buzzing. And as you go onto the final circuit, he gets out and he goes, get up off your sofa and give him a roar. <laughs> go on, lad. Absolutely brilliant. Have you, heard, have you heard the Gulfstream commentator whenever he's on first race? Have you heard him? No, I don't. I don't really. If he I goes, was to... he goes. The turf is fast. The track is fine, and we're ready to go at Gulfstream. <laughs> it's just like he just revs you up, and you just feel it's probably the equivalent of a Class Six handicap at Southall, and he's making it feel like. The Epsom Derby. An odds-on favourite got beat at Gulfstream last night, Jim, called my first ex-wife. I know, I watched that race. <laughs> I, 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 find it, I just find it fascinating how other parts of the country, uh, other parts of the world, sorry, like race and stuff. I, 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 
it really interests I don't have any sort of passion for it, but it really interests me. And I think there's, I think there's shot in on Saturday morning, which I might even wake up for. And then on Monday, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to watching race, racing from France. I've, I've always been a massive advocate of French racing, so I'll certainly give that a watch. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be tuning into all the French stuff on Monday. Proper group racing. Get in there. Any racing, I'll take at the minute. But proper good European group racing. Oh, we've waited a while. Glad to yeah. have it back. Yeah, but I'll, I'll probably have no money on it and I have no interest in it. But I'll, I'll have a study and I'll see what see what there is. And if anything catches my eye, I might have a play. I'll, I'll, I'll let the followers know. How's the Miller indoor commentary coming along? Um, it it's we're craft we're crafting it. We just don't want. I, I want it to be perfect. I don't want it to be. Right. I don't want to put something out there that's not very good. Brilliant. I'm looking forward to it, pal. Good. Uh, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Turf Talk. Thanks, Lewis, once again. It, it's been weird hosting. I've I've not hosted a Turf Talk for a while. No, before I go, so I'll, I'll just remind everyone, if you've not got involved in the Chester quiz, I've retweeted it, and it is on Chester's uh, official account, so get involved in that, win prizes, go to next year's May meeting. Bless up Chester for letting us do that. Yeah, thank you very much, Chester, and rating the races once again for their continued support, and we'll speak to you guys soon. Stay safe, wash your hands. Take care, bye. Bye.